Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 56 of Death Readers, the podcast where we read through the Harry Potter book series. I, for my first time, Rob for his a millionth. Um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, the way we work through it is we go through chapters, usually three at a time, sometimes less, uh, through the entire book series until we've read it all. Uh, this episode of Death Readers will feature chapters 22, 23, and 24 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. We encourage you to read along through the books so, you know, you can hear us say the things we're going to say on the notes we make about the uh, specific page numbers, and you'll know our, you'll be up to date on why we're using the shorthand we're using to discuss the subjects in the uh, the page notes. So, uh, welcome if it's your first time. Do we have any housekeeping? Oh my god, it's been a week. <laughs> a week in Potter news. Yeah, I mean, if uh, this episode's going to air well after this issue is fully resolved. Um, if you haven't heard, J.K. Rowling tweeted a response to a commercial, PSA? I'm not even sure what it was, per se, uh, with some language that many people found transphobic and then many more people reacted to that and then she reacted to that and then everyone's reacting to everything is that fair yeah i would say that uh, her reaction was a very long blog post uh giving a giving her rendition of the history of the events that led to this point in time in in a very not quite disjointed, but it was a passionate rush of writing. Yeah, I think I that's say. a fair way to say it. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, it's usually how I handle things when there are, when there are big issues. I will just write it and send it without thinking about it, and there, it's out. And it's probably not the best way to handle things, but it's certainly not the best way to handle things on a millions of reader scale. Yeah. Um. Without, I mean, you know, without editing looking it over treating it like a writing project to convey ideas yeah. clearly and concisely yeah it was definitely uh what do they call it a clusterfuck yes um, that's what they call it it was it was like that it, uh so if you're listening to this podcast you are a harry potter fan presumably uh because you're definitely not a fan of ours <laughs> um and you'll, you'll know that uh this week uh jk rowling made uh, a a series of tweets that culminated in a very long uh, statement on her blog uh, addressing transgender issues, trans rights. uh, I don't know how to, I don't uh, gender issues. I don't know how to say it because it's just, you know, it's, it's so expansive, right? It truly is such a big concept that she, but she, she addressed it and her issues and all that stuff and on her website. And Rob and I had a conversation about the subject and about the uh, blog post. And uh, we think at the end of it, we basically came away with understanding that the, the specifically just looking at the issues that she addressed and the, and some of the responses we saw to that really let us know that we just don't know that much about this subject um, we're not, we're not informed enough to like be an appropriate avenue for this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we, we at death readers, uh, have, have never, <laughs> uh, felt like 
there's JK Rowling is above reproach or that she is above criticism. And at this point in time, it is absolutely an appropriate time to criticize her opinions and writings and presentation. Um, exuberantly criticize them. But we kind of came away from the conversation feeling like while we're open to criticizing her and her choices, our voices aren't necessarily the voices that people like need to hear in this conversation. So very fair. So if, if you um, want to talk or hear about this, this uh, subject from the people who are much closer to experiencing it th- than we are, then please seek that stuff out there. The Trevor project is a really good place. You can go check stuff out. Um, there's transequality.org, glad.org, pflag.org, pride.com. There's a lot of great resources for delving into this topic, for looking into things, for trying to see something from a different point of view. So with that, I think we're going to move on to our regular episodes and, and address the, and address the chapters in the Harry Potter book we just read. Yep. That brings us into chapter 22. After the burial. I've got a pre-note. Pre it up. Uh, pre no. Horrible name for a chapter that I have uh, hitherto always enjoyed. Let's see what happens. Oh, um, also the chapter has very little. I mean, it ha- It starts before the burial, goes through the burial, and then has something after the burial. So it's like, it's it's. Why couldn't it just be called like Ar- Aragog's burial? <laughs> like, um, I think this chapter of of all the chapters in this book should be called Felix Felicius. But yeah, instead, totally. they named the chapter where they didn't even use that Felix Felicius, and this chapter's called After the Burial. It's almost like J.K. Rowling has a hard time organizing her thoughts and communicating them clearly in written form. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as has been proved by the other 55 episodes. Yeah, and, ex- and exclusively the her bound written book editions... And nothing to do with her internet presence. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought I was going to be the one doing this. <laughs> um, uh, so, okay, my first She's a mess, one... folks. She's a mess. <laughs> my first actual note's five, se- uh, 473. Oh, my, that's interesting. My actual first note is 472. Okay. Um, it actually might be the same note because I believe it was a bottom of the page, top of the page thing. But go ahead. It's the note about Harry uh, fantasizing about breaking up uh, Ginny and Dean. Oh, no, please. Oh, it's just, it's gross. I just felt like it was really gross to read where he's like, just like, he's, he's like having these fantasies about how great it would be if they broke up, like, and like, and it just felt really creepy. Like, it the, felt really creepy, like. The Jesse's um, girl mentality. Yeah. And again, I, I still haven't seen anything to indicate that their relationship is is anything and even through these chapters what are you talking um, about man it's coming up right now yeah it doesn't so make, much it's, uh, still, it's it still feels like an after school special or like a uh like a teen romance film which i guess these are fucking just shit anyway like, i don't yeah. know like it, why do i want it to be more complicated and better written than it is because it is it is as bad as it is 10 things i curse about you um yeah She's all that witch. <laughs> I, um, I'm not a title guy. I, I'm having a trouble yes ending you because I don't know anything. Oh, oh, Tom Riddle's notebook. <laughs> ah, ah. Well. Yeah, I, like I said, I also don't know uh, enough teen love book movies. 
Fault in Our Stars. Well, yeah, but make it a Harry Potter thing. The the Fault in Our Star print robes. Okay. <laughs> this bit is this bit should die. I think is where I'm at. God damn I, it. No, it's still on life support. You think this bit should die? Well, you haven't met its seven Horcruxes. It's coming back, even if it's like a cursed life. Right, a half life. A half life. Um. For anyway, seven. it just the 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 relationship, the the weird like pining for her was really creepy. Just because, again, I don't. It, it wasn't. It didn't feel like it was based on anything. Like I just still haven't felt that feeling about right. like, like, like. Here's the thing. I think I realized what it was. I haven't seen Ginny interact with Harry in any way that feels like she's reciprocating his affection. He's like pining for her internally. It's all from his perspective. And then the only thing we have is books ago, this thing where she says her thing about like, or she has a crush on him or whatever. Like in the first two books, there's a couple hints that she has a juvenile crush on this famous wizard kid. Right. Um, and then now it's like all this like internal like his hormone monster is freaking out and like you know pushing him into this really weird like thing. Oh my god, Harry, you gonna fuck her? Yeah, he's, he's exactly like that. Ugh. So like that's I think that's where my issue from com, uh, comes about it is like it it's not reciprocated. Right. There's no actual romance. It's like him weirdly leering at her mm-hmm. from a distance in a possessive way. You're right, and he's got glasses, just like Andrew. It's a really good analogy. It's 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 fucked up. So anyway, that's that's the thing about it that's uh that's creepy. And again, it's not even like like <laughs> that's kind of similar to how like my my wife and I like w- when my wife and I met each other in high school, she was dating somebody else, and we were friends. And I definitely wanted to like date her, but like she had a you know a childlike monogamous relationship or whatever you however you want to call those exclusive relationships that children have um, <laughs> with with somebody else like and so it was all I was trying to be very you know respectful and not creepy and not like broach the idea of us being together or like you know being more than friends and then eventually they broke up and I was like so you know how like we're really good friends um what if we were like exclusive friends? Kind of thing. So, like, I'm I'm familiar with the perspective Harry has as, like, being a, a person who's kind of jealous of other people who are in a relationship and eventually ending up with that person. But, like, reading it in the way that he... Like, there's no... We don't have scenes with Harry and Jenny. Right. Like, in my relationship, we had classes together. You know what I mean? Like, we had, like, conversations. We... Something to like, build on. Yeah, we built a relationship first. <laughs> Etc. Like, it, it, this... I mean, I know that they have a relationship, but we don't really see it. It's like, it's like uh, ancillary mm-hmm. to his relationship with Ron. So it just feels weird. It just that, that's the that's the the me verbalizing the part about it that makes me so uncomfortable. That's my note. What's your note? Four seventy three. Uh, the five year old mauled to death by a werewolf. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it is. In this late whimsical chapter, and just kind and of a. Go ahead. No. It's just dropped in as if it isn't a big deal, and they move the fuck on. Of course they're sad. Their little brother was eaten alive. You know, back to to romance. Quidditch. Did you guys know we're going to have a Quidditch match soon? We've got to really practice. There's nothing more important happening than us playing Quidditch. How am I going to convince this old man to give me one of his memories? Like, it. (laughs) I'm not saying that they were going to solve these murders, but it's like... It's a weird way to pepper in the severity of their situation. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) 
it, it feels so it feels so like like I think I've said this before her writing oftentimes feels like she writes what she wants to write and then she goes back through it with like an editor who says we haven't heard anything about how dangerous Voldemort is for 200 pages can you drop something in so she writes like of couple sentences about uh you know Finriff uh Greyback is going to kills a 5 year old yeah it's a weird like like it's like it's been dog-eared like Oop, let's pick up this brief note and then we'll move on. Right. Uh, a lot of five-year-olds get murdered. Who cares? It's not like it's a tragedy. Mine is that the end of your note. Yeah, but now I'm now I'm spiraling and I'm thinking about how I flink, I f- flink. I think Finn. I feel like that <laughs> character is a uh, big part of book seven, and I don't remember him having the gravity of being a child murderer. Oh, interesting. Um, I don't remember him from the film at all. <laughs> he's in the film. He's in the sixth film and the seventh film. Um, but I don't believe, even in the book version, do they have... I mean, I feel like that should be brought up again, if that character is going to be continuing to be part of the story. Well, they mention him being a child murderer or a child infector, whatever you want to call it, yeah. like earlier in this book. Right. But, like... Yeah, I, I'm okay. I'm, I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah, because I don't. Um, I, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll wait and see. But I feel like it's just it's just a it's a it's a cheap way to say he's a nasty character if you're not going to come back to it. Yep. And if no one's going to have any reaction, like they reacted to what's her name getting like cursed by that necklace, necklace way more. Yeah. Um. What's your next note? Uh, four seventy eight. Wow, mine. That's interesting. Mine's four seventy six. Uh, my my note here is that uh, I really hated the moment where <laughs> welcome to Death Readers where I hate the whole book um, <laughs> longer than everyone moment. else. <laughs> what you hated you hated these before it was cool. I mean, unfortunately, I probably hated these after they were cool. Like oh, technically true. I mean, if you want to think about the real situation, like with with people condemning J.K. Rowling for being awful. Um, like uh, it's it's now really really trendy to hate. I, I get what you're saying, but like it, no one listens. No right. one listens to the podcast, so it's not. I don't get. Not going to get any clout for being an OG JK hater. There's a lot of acronyms, ladies and gentlemen. LNG. I would never say that. Sorry. Page four seventy six. I hated the part where Ron reflects on how he knows what the uh, Felix. Uh, what's it called? Felicia has felt like. Yeah, or tasted like, or whatever he right. called it. Yeah, or whatever he is said. When you, when you take <laughs> it, it's great. You didn't like that yeah. joke? <laughs> no, I, it's not a joke. It's 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 because <laughs> it's, it's a not joke. a joke. No, no, it isn't. No, it's not a joke. It's it's like a moment where like, I think he was sincere. I th- he he sincerely believes that he knows what it tastes like because he believed it hard enough. And it's just like wow, anybody who like started this book series thinking like started rereading this book series thinking Ron is smart must feel really bad fuck you because he is constantly made out as an idiot I thought that was a joke on J.K. Rowling's part really yeah you didn't think that was like a so not only is she bad at writing apologies she's bad at writing jokes um yeah I, I definitely read it as like Ron being like like earnestly being like I remember what it tastes like. I know how, what do you know about it? I know. And it's just like, oh, idiot, stupid idiot. So That's stupid. the end of that note for me. Why don't you take your note now? All right. 
478. Uh, I enjoyed uh, during the Felix Felicius run. Uh, however, little thing, every little event aided Harry in the long run. Who it's aided cute. Harry? Aided. It aided Harry. Every he brushed by Jenny, that turned into oh, an yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. He did this thing, and it became that thing. It even he helped even out lucked Ron out and Hermione, right? Which helped him out. Yeah. Because he didn't have to deal with Ron hiding from Lavender anymore. It was, it was right. It was. Uh, a comprehensive construction of the effects of luck potion, I thought. Yeah, it's definitely a, uh, it's like one of those instances of using a deus ex machina where you don't have a way to write yourself out of your story, so you invent a thing that gets that takes care of all the messy problems of actually knowing how to f- write a fucking narrative. So yeah, it's really, it's great. It's like, <laughs> she she does a really good job of writing herself out of a complex and convoluted situation by just saying magic. <laughs> but as applications of Deus Ex Machina go, she did it really well. Hey, there's there's no greater Deus Ex Machina than your imagination. Fine. 485. <laughs> uh, 485. Um... I, I wonder if it's oh, the same good. one. Oh, good. Is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, oh, good. We learn that they're forcing the elf slaves to taste test poison. Cool. Cool. That isn't compoundingly horrible. <laughs> Mine was similar. It was Harry's only problem with the poison taste test is Hermione's face. Imagining it is, it, how she would be like, oh, I don't like that. And he's like, I'm glad I don't have to be there for that. Glad I don't trip. have to feel these emotions about these creatures being like subjected to potential poisoning so that this dude doesn't have to be poisoned. It, it, he doesn't have the moment where he's like, oh, God, he like he doesn't feel himself. He feels like for her. God, J.K. Rowling's a fucking monster. Like, <laughs> she really does. Like she writes all these characters from this perspective of somebody who's like this like sociopath, like who can only see things from her experience. Right. You know, like. No matter what the situation, no matter what the plight of anybody else, she can only see it colored in the in the in the shades of her own experience. And it's like, hey, man, open up, like take take somebody else's like experience in once in a while and like ruminate on it and like feel it empathize. Yeah, I, I bet she would fucking kill a five-year-old because somebody evil told her to. I don't mean that. I'm sorry. If she if she was a child murderer, <laughs> she certainly doesn't have enough money to cover it up. That's all I'm saying. I'm I'm not saying she is a child murderer. I'm saying she probably isn't because she's not rich enough to get away with it. She's pretty rich. Oh, that's interesting that you say that. Weird. I'm not going to change my position, but I'm, gl- I'm glad that you brought up the fact that she actually is incredibly wealthy. I don't know what this bit is. <laughs> so either, but I kind of love it. Um, for legal purposes, obviously, I'm not trying to suggest that J.K. Rowling systematically has children brought to her so that she can murder them under the surname Finn, Finn Blip... Uh, Wolfhard, gray, 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 gray hard, <laughs> and she she certainly doesn't hunt like fans on her island. I knew we were gonna get an island out of this sooner or later. I almost suggested it twice, but I knew you'd get there, and I'm proud of you. 
Yeah, this this bit is the most dangerous lame. <laughs> and thereby ensuring that the entirety of it will end up in the episode. <laughs> yep. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we had to pad this episode because it... I don't have any notes. So, uh, hey, Rob. So you're going to hear a lot of long, drawn-out, unfunny bits. Uh, thanks for listening. That's the Death Reader's Guarantee. Rob, you said you had another 485. No, I said 488, and I couldn't read my handwriting. Oh, okay. Go for it. More song. It was brief, but it sucked. It did suck. I believe that's actually sung in the movie, too, and it is... It's bad. It's a shitty song, which was sad, is, it, is, how, is the rhyme, is how they end it. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel that it is problematic that an underage person, Harry Potter, actively contributes to the intoxic over-intoxication of two adults with the express purpose of taking advantage of them, or at least one of them? My answer both of them. is in itself problematic. Good. Because uh, I don't. Because I would have done that in that situation and had no problem with it. If I had the ability to do that, to get what I wanted, fuck it. They should have been uh, more canny. Should have given me that memory when I asked for it. So. Oof. You are saying things <laughs> that in a different light I don't think you'd agree with. Oh, sure. No. No, but it's the light I'm in right now. So, therefore... Uh, it's light makes right is what I'm saying. You're also, you're also kind of tacitly saying that like you're entitled to something somebody doesn't want to give you. And so it's okay to get the drunk to get it. <laughs> okay. Now see, when you say it like that, that doesn't sound good. I, <laughs> I know that it doesn't. Okay. Welcome to your lesson. <laughs> Welcome to the lesson of why I had to say it like that. <laughs> Sometimes you need a outside perspective. Sometimes you got to hold up your own mirror of Erised to see what you really meant. Yeah. So I'll ask again. Do you think it's problematic? <laughs> you know, I, I could definitely see a case being made uh, for it <laughs> being problematic. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's I, a, that's not an okay thing for anyone to do, let alone a 17-year-old. It without being like flippant about it. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the it's a it's kind of the second time we experience a situation where where she writes this thing about children using substances to get what they want from other people. Mhm. Like, and I'm not even talking about like truth serum or, or anything like that. I'm talking about specifically like love potions. And then this time of Harry, even less like shrouded in the, in the, the glamor of magic, like literally getting somebody drunk to take advantage of that. I mean, she did that earlier in the same chapter when he tried to give him the, um, exuberance potion or the. Yeah. 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 The you're right. He, yeah. He's like, he's like, maybe he'll try it and then be so happy. He'll, he'll, I forget what it was called, but, but maybe it's, I mean, same, same, same attitude. Yeah. Uh, Elixir of Euphoria. Thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's... And it always works out. Like, that's the thing that... Like, it almost... it Like, the people who do it, like... 
they like kind of get away with it. Mm-hmm. Like, like Voldemort's mom. No one's called the twins out for like providing these. These potions, it's just... There'll, there'll be a very short, brief, one-off, probably never touched on again, addressation of that, but also not the way you want it to be done. Well, great. Yeah. There's nothing in these books that go the way I want them. And it's not um, going to be about love potions either, just FYI. Great. All, all the way great. around. Great. Fucking great. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's my note for the chapter. Um, cool. That's uh, all my notes for that chapter. That brings us to chapter 23. Horcruxes. Uh, yeah, my first note is page 506. And my only note is page 512. I have a note on that page as well. Uh, okay. 506. Uh, the, first off, this chapter is just exposition. Yeah. Which usually means they're my favorite chapter. Sometimes they're like, it's a mix. Like, this one I enjoyed a lot because I was like, finally, we fucking, like, we're moving on. Right. Because, <laughs> like, it just felt like so much of this book was just... Things are like happening. Most of them. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, uh, so he's he's going to parties. <laughs> um, he's got love potions. <laughs> like, Quidditch is back. Anyway, um, uh, if like my, my note here on 506 is... When when Dumbledore is going through the Horcruxes and like like trying to figure out what they are, um, he he suggests Nagini could be a Horcrux, which feels like it comes out of left field. Uh, I'm not saying Nagini isn't, but it like it, it feels like he says like oh he wants to get a sigil essentially or a Horcrux from each each house right. uh, made out of a magic object from each house. The necklace was Slytherin's necklace. The bowl was Helga Hufflepuff's bowl, but Nagini's a snake. So like, and and Dumbledore says something about like, you know, Nagini would further strengthen his like uh, relationship or his power to Slytherin. It's like yeah, but like that sort of negates the Ravenclaw aspect. Like he, I mean, did he need? I don't. It it kind of makes it. My point is, if you're not gonna make it a like all four he has four totems from each uh hogwarts founder right then why start with that idea uh, like that concept no you... why follow that idea through other than it's just realistic for the to, to to try to say this is what he would want but he didn't achieve it but it's where he started i don't it's it's super messy it is super messy um and you're right it does come out of left field the nagini thing and it, I think I think that's the only way she could, at the time, figure out how to introduce the idea of Nagini as a Horcrux, or a living being as a Horcrux. But either way, both thoughts um, are introduced here, and she didn't have a smoother way to do that to bring it up because nothing had been planted earlier. That's why. Right. That's why I sometimes feel like Horcruxes are a late in the game addition. Oh yeah, I think like, so um, too. There, there's something else like this. I'm trying to think of. Like Harry himself? No, not even in the books, not even in Harry Potter. But something where somebody took something and went, oh, wait, that could be this thing too. And I, I can't remember what that is right now. But, oh, but you're definitely of Metachlorians. Maybe. Um, but definitely where she, she's like, oh, we had this, this creepy riddle diary in the second book. That could be a horcrux. And, oh, look at that. Um, right. Because everything else... I mean, maybe she was toying with it in book five, which is where we see the locket, but I don't think anything else has been the cup, the necklace, the ring. Well, the necklace, the locket, but the cup, the ring, uh, all that's been introduced in this book. 
It, yeah, it is almost like she went back and was like, when did Voldemort kill people? And then, like, I'll just make something a Horcrux when he did that. Except Cedric Diggory. You know what well, I mean? Well, he doesn't like, do it every time. I mean, come on. So he kills more than seven people? Like, I mean... No, because Frank Bryce made the Nagini Horcrux. And then, since seven's the number Voldemort wanted, he didn't have to... So, but does that mean he's only killed seven people? He just, like, Manson-style got his followers to kill people after that? It, it, the, the way that, like... And remember, technically, Wormtail killed Cedric. It was Voldemort's wand. Oh, but yeah, yeah, Voldemort you're said, right. kill the spare. Kill the spare? Mm-hmm. But when he killed Frank Bryce, I have strength enough for this! Mm-hmm. Except for when it was David Tennant in the movie. Fuck that movie. Anyways. Um... Well, the only reason I, I don't want to presume that Voldemort only kills seven people, but like the way he, the way that Slughorn talks about it, right, makes it sound like there there's this war and all these people keep dying, but they're like dying because the followers are doing it. I don't know, like I don't know, man. It it's sloppy, it's convoluted. It's it's like it's like she had two different ideas that she was trying to shove together because she had a deadline or something, right. It's sloppy. It reads like shit. Um, um, my that was your five twelve. No, that was your five oh six. Oh, my bad. I'm d- okay. Cool. I'm done with that note. Do you have anything else before five twelve? I have five twelve. I have five twelve. Um, this is back to child soldiers. Oh, great. Uh, in a chapter that for so long had seemed like a rousing Henry the Fifth speech, you know, the once more under the breach, dear friends. Mm-hmm. Um, gotta fight the good fight to Winston Churchilling. Uh, at the very end, it, it, by the end of it, it seems like it's become so much indoctrination. At the end, it's like, yeah, you gotta, you child, gotta go kill this guy. You gotta, I don't know. It, 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 it there's a weird. It stops feeling like the Independence Day speech and becomes creepy. I, I, I that's basically my note. Is it, it felt like she was trying to have her cake and eating it too. Like she wants it. She has this prophecy. So there's this prophecy, but she wants to imply that prophecies are bullshit and they like there's like like fucking Terminator, like there's no fate but what you make kind of thing where like she's really trying to rely like she's saying like, don't you see like Voldemort only believes the prophecy because he believes it. And like if he hadn't believed it so hard, it wouldn't have happened. And it's like the funny thing is, I really like that aspect of what Dumbledore is saying. I, I like how. Maybe it's because he's passionate about it, and you don't—you rarely get to see passionate Dumbledore. But I'm—I'm I'm, I'm with it. But then suddenly, by the end, I just felt weird. No, I felt weird the whole time. Like I felt like you know, it's like like Harry's like, like I get what Dumbledore's saying, but it's still like, like you know, Harry, you wouldn't be as enthusiastic about all this shit if all this shit hadn't happened to you. And the only reason all this shit happened to you is because this guy believed this prophecy. So he, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You right. know what I mean? Like, and it's like, yeah, but like, how is that different than a prophecy? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, ha- explain to me how it is different. It's like, because if he just hadn't done it, like, yeah, but the prophecy said he would do it. So he did it. Like, it's, you, you cannot have it both ways. Like, I mean, I mean. <laughs> I guess you can, but again, it just comes down to like, well, why bring up prophecies? Like, did you want to make a point about how prophecies aren't meaningful by having one that fully fulfills itself? Like, <laughs> that, again, like, that seems... Maybe she's just trying to describe the irony of life. 
I don't think she's. I just don't. I don't appreciate her writing. I <laughs> know you don't. I. I mean, it's not even. I really don't feel like it's that. Like I think that she has. She's very creative. Sure. And she's got a lot of imagery and visuals that she's very strong with. But it, it, when it comes to like, for me, and again, like this m- must be part of just being too old and too cynical when I when I read these books for the first time. Mm-hmm. But like, it certainly comes off like somebody who is really out of touch with a lot of like what I would expect tight narrative structure to have. Right. Um, and I get, I guess, and I get that it doesn't have to have tight narrative structure cause that's not the point of these books. Uh, I guess, but like, shouldn't it be, I shouldn't it be every book's intention or story's intention to be tight and like, like well reasoned and, and, and lean and impactful. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It, my opinion is worthless. Um, but like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it just left me going like, what? <laughs> like, okay, hear me out. Okay. Even if, why did Nagini have to be a Horcrux? Like, besides the idea that you said that makes a lot of sense of like, you need to introduce the idea that a living thing can be a Horcrux. I get that. That does make sense. But then why introduce all those other things for the symbolism that they had and then be like, yeah, but he, did, he, he missed the collection. Unless- he didn't finish his collection. Unless she's building up to the grand final scene with Nagini at the end, and she she couldn't think of another way to give that character his moment. Her? What? I don't want to say too much. Oh. But yes. if she wanted another character to have a very specific heroic moment and figured Nagini right. was not in use and could be that moment, the way to make that more heroic would be to introduce also this to have wrinkle. Also to have Yeah. You know what you could do though? All of that like necklace and bullshit was introduced in this book, so write it out. Go back and edit it out. Make it different objects. They don't matter. Like the specific of the objects don't matter if like one thing. She doesn't explain what powers the bowl has. She doesn't explain what powers the necklace has. They're just objects that may have been owned by these people. You know how many things in my house I have that are shit? that would, like, not be special just because I own them. But then you like, have that that whole narrative structure of Voldemort being like a magpie and liking shiny, important things. And also the serial killer trophy aspect of it, which shows you how bad a guy he is. All those things are inclo- in- encapsulated in this book alone. That's true. So you could rewrite all of them. In fact, or rewrite this other thing. I'm going to say, to your point, trying to lump the Vauxhall Road journal in with all those was pretty lazy also oh no mm-hmm. it was totally special because it showed how he was connected to slytherin mm-hmm. really that's 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 gonna be your argument you're just moving on from that mm-hmm. weak or like how come he didn't want to have the uh a, a philosopher's stone or a sorcerer's stone he's like well he didn't want to, have to drink potion all the time it would be like, truly immortal because if someone heisted it then he'd be womp womp Right, but if he's the guy who's going to go out of his way to double down by having seven Horcruxes, why wouldn't he double down on also drinking this immortality syrup? Right. Especially when... He wanted it. Like, I mean, the argument is like... Harry's like, argu- He went after trying to get it in the first book, right? right. Like, that's what he wanted. So why wouldn't but, he like, spend time trying to make a new one since he's a accomplished wizard? Who's immortal. Right. I don't know, man. It's... You know, somebody once told me, you go look into poke holes and things, you'll never stop. And I'm like, I'll make a podcast about that. You're welcome, America. (laughs) (laughs) 
Was it me? And was it the rest of the globe, because we know. I, I, did you say that to me once? I don't know. I, suppose, I, I thought you I were going. I don't know who said that to me. Yes, and the rest of the globe, if you want to continue with that. That's the end of my notes for that chapter. Yeah, my too. Like I said, it was a short episode, so we're going to have to, we're padding it out. Uh, <laughs> Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. It's so short. No matter how long it is, imagine it's shorter. You have no um, idea what I've got written. Chapter 24. Sectum Simpra. Or as I like to call it, hey, look at all the romance. Yeah. My page note, is, my I, I don't say first, my page note is page 534. Well, 523. All right. It... it it took me a second, but I was like, hey, wait a sec. That's got to be pretty traumatic for Myrtle. An attack in the bathroom. That's why she was screaming murder, because that's literally where she was murdered. Right. And I was just like, "Yeah, oh, that's a whole bunch of complexity I'm sure we're not going to get into. <laughs> hey, look, there's a fascinating real life style trauma that's happening that a, a person who has empathy could maybe write about. Nope. Toss her down a toilet. Be done with it. That's what we do with emotions. We flush them. Mm-hmm. Um, down with all the even, dirty merfolk. Yeah, like what? Am I supposed to imply that also that there was some sort of relationship between Myrtle and Draco? Like yes. They, they, okay. That, that was referenced earlier when she casually mentioned there was a boy crying in the bathroom, and they're like, "There's a boy crying in the bathroom," and now right. that's been answered. That she that he's been going there to be like, oh, whatever my mysterious task is, it's very hard for me to think about, and I'm sad, and they've kind of had this weird bond happen. Off screen. Yeah, that's the off Out of mind. But it's so All deep, the interesting man. shit happens out It shows you that Draco's got book. feelings. Yeah, it would be really fascinating to read about them, wouldn't it? Well, no, you just but, you fill know, it we in. Read about, we read about how Harry leers after a, his best friend's sister greedily I mean you can you can you leer non greedily I don't know well maybe you should find I out I mean I uh, I think you can you can you leer, can leer you can leer altruistically you can leer slack-jawed and drooling that's uh, usually and, how I and, leer <laughs> it seems like Harry's close to that yeah um you know also we got we got to read the honestly pretty compelling chapters about like a young boy drugging an old man and getting him to confess things to him or you know drugging might be a tough word but uh, dr- in drunkenating intoxicating I, I i would say an argument could be made for secretly refilling the goblet for drugging yeah yeah hey whatever um yeah i i Not think to mention Draco- the effects of 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 the luck potion, which is yep, uh, story wise, story mechanic wise, very similar to an uh, aphrodisiac, that actually works. Yeah, um, the uh, yeah, I I think that the the story with Draco sounds interesting. It's it's a shame we don't hear. I mean, we've got two episodes left in this book. I think. Oh, how the loose ends will get tied up! You'll be so surprised. It really makes me wonder how magic a number seven really is. Like, just you wait for that there, seventh book; everything will be there's, revealed. There's seven books, and it's, it's she's really she's really laying it on thick. Get it, guys? Seven is the number. 
seven horcruxes, seven books. I split. I killed seven five-year-olds and put a shard of <laughs> my soul from killing them into each one of these books. Don't destroy all the books. That would kill me. Otherwise, I live forever. That's a very funny take. 526. Bring it. This 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 kind of thought always. This has really nothing to do with the writing, uh, but this kind of thought always occurs to me in situations where you have a magical room that doesn't usually exist. Where do the windows in the room of requirement look out on? Your soul. Oh, I was hoping it was a magical nether realm, but sure, yeah, my soul. Whatever. Um, you watched so, that. You watched that movie, Room Two Three Seven, right? No, I got okay. about ten minutes into it and I had to turn it off. It was too much. It was I. I just I was like, nope. I I cannot get behind this at all. This is not for me. Well, there's a there's an analysis they have in that movie about the impossible room, which sounds cool. Um, it 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 involves the the room. Uh, Jack Torrance goes into at the Overlook in the beginning of the film where he interviews for the position mm-hmm. of the like. Oh yeah, okay, okay, thing. yeah. With uh, the Stuart Ullman pos- is the name of that character. Yeah, come on. Well, come the on. place come they on. have. Come on. Uh, sure. Um, the the placement of the room in the hotel is like it has it has windows in in the right. background behind him are windows that like light comes through mm-hmm. or something, but like it's in the center of the hotel. So there's like there shouldn't be any outside behind him. Eh, so be the question becomes little, like little atrium. Yeah, but we we never see it or hear about it or anything. So what? We never see about Myrtle bonding with Draco. My my point is like when it comes to the room of requirement, it could be the same thing. Well, it's a magic it room already, the... though. Are you saying the Overlook's room is a magic room? I'm not arguing yeah. about the Overlook. <laughs> I refuse to argue about the Overlook. Um, I am saying that. I'm saying it like it's. It just, it doesn't matter because these aren't, it's not really that important. Yeah. Okay, fine. That was important. It's an interesting thought. You're, I don't want to scold you for critically thinking. No, I'm not going to think anymore. <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, 527. That's, I'm at 534, so I you know. just go until you hit me. Uh. Oh, it'd be weird if she hit another Horcrux in plain sight, wouldn't it? Yep. Real weird. Real, real weird. Real weird. She wouldn't do that, though. Nope, it takes a special kind of magic that's mysterious and unknowable to make one. So, any kind of previous mysterious magical things where people died, probably insignificant. I will, hold on, before you before you go further, on that note, I didn't take a note on this, but, like, I, I thought about it while we were, while I was reading it, um... At this point, do you think Dumbledore knows Harry's a Horcrux? Oh yeah, oh, oh absolutely, absolutely. From book okay. one, from book one, he was he was okay. pretty sure because that was the whole okay. thing. Or, I, I, maybe that's where he said, um, "I'm not going to tell you things." So maybe not book one, but by book two, when Harry is speaking parcel mouth, parcel tongue, he's and he's like, he specifically said at the end of book two, "It's my belief that Voldemort transferred some of his power to you." Ah, right. And he was cagey as fuck about it, but that's what he was saying. He was like, right, okay. you're fucking Horcrux. Okay, cool. I want more proof on this. I got this old guy I need you to get something out of. I'll give you a couple years to really fill out, but then we're going to get to the bottom of this. 
it's it's my memory that that's what it is from the, the movies, but I just the way he's describing it to Harry as if he's learning it all at the same time. He's Dumbledore. He's got to manipulate. Like, he's a master manipulator. That, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like that's what I'm experiencing is 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 watching him manipulate this young boy to do what he wants him to do. Um, uh, five twenty eight. Mm-hmm. That he even mentions Quidditch after slashing <laughs> Draco in the face. I, I, I felt it when he was horrified by what he's done. Granted, I've been there, so I have my own baggage. <laughs> but you've cut someone open. You see blood everywhere. It fucks you up. And he's getting it, he gets an immediate fix, which is great. But that fucked upness is still going to be there. And then goes, yeah. what? I can't play Quidditch. That's not fair. I think they're still standing in the blood. I feel like they're still right. in the bathroom at that point. Are they not? They have not repaired to another room. They're still standing in Draco's blood. And he's like, but I want Quidditch. Yeah. Oh, Harry sucks. He, he really sucks. He just ripped a boy apart yeah. in, in, in the middle of the school. He um, went Hellraiser for a minute. It's like that it's like that Degrassi scene where Drake gets shot where it's like you like except in that sense the kid came in premeditated like he was going to shoot up the school but like it's this moment where you watch a kid like um, almost or nearly end the life of a fellow student and then like the the realization sits in of right. sinks in of like oh fuck oh fuck I didn't know what I was doing I didn't know I didn't really have a full grasp on what this was like Right uh, and then to have that completely undermined by concern about your your fucking sport, and then to have that rewarded by you guys win. <laughs> what is the arc here? What is this character supposed to learn? It's like, the same chapter. It's the same. He gets to go make out. If they have time, they'll talk too. That's how the yeah, chapter a, where a he mutilates a fellow child ends. Yeah. It's so fucked and, up. And his pun- and his punishment is like, oh, you can reminisce about how you all you have a lot in common with your dad and your surrogate father because they also got into trouble a lot. What what is the fucking lesson here? Yeah, like that's the thing that boggles my mind more than anything is like when you're talking about a character, uh, the hero's journey. They need to have like this. They need to have something where they they are better than they were before. Harry is like essentially being like petulant in this situation. He's he's he has the death or he has some sort of action that forces him to like confront his actions or his like his needing to change. Right. And then it's immediately undermined and everything's just like oh, let's just let's just go as if that didn't happen. Go right back to the most important thing in his life is Quidditch and making out with a girl. These these fucking books are written by a sociopath. Like they're written by a crazy person who who just can't like it's like it's almost like she goes she was like writes these things as if she and I, I fucking see that shit online where people are like oh these books are so meticulously well plotted like it is it is like oh masterful and it's like maybe but plotting isn't writing and they're written like like she wrote them in finger paints so I don't feel like it is, I should have to. I'm not going to apologize for that criticism. It's it's sloppy. Mm-hmm. It's so sloppy. Uh, fuck. Anyway. Um, 5.30? Go for it. See? Jenny's sticking up for Harry. They're practically soulmates. When did she stick up for him? Oh, when she yelled at Hermione. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, okay, yeah. 
there it is. That's their big moment. Like if if that if that's that's the one time we see Ginny expressing any sort of interest to Harry or any sort of protectiveness, except the one time where she was like, "You didn't think to come talk to me about a book that was talking to you." Right. Like, I wish I could take Ginny aside and say, "Hey, Ginny, what did I tell you? Don't date a boy unless you can see where he keeps his brains." And <laughs> Harry doesn't. My last notes for five thirty four. 534, that's my note. Okay, I'm going to go first. Yeah, you should. Totally earned. <laughs> it's actually not what I wrote. I wrote totally earned? Earned? Uh, my note was, uh, was that it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there are a couple now. I, I think I wrote, like, Harry wasn't, I wrote down, Harry wasn't even there. Like, Harry was completely absent from the, the, triumph of the Quidditch team to succeed without him because you know maybe he's not that special and like maybe he's more trouble than he's worth uh and then she's like Harry we did it I'm so I'm gonna run right towards you across a field of daisies into your arms and like you know lift me up dirty dancing style and like this really creepy moment. And then like where he like searches the room for Ron while they're kissing or like right after they kiss and Ron's like, Hey, if you gotta, he's like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And she talks about seeing that shot where like Dean, uh, or is it Dean Thomas, right? Dean. That's the Dean has a broken glass. Cause she had just broke hand. up with Dean. And so Dean was clearly clutching something, and when they kissed, he was like, "Ah!" But it was made of glass, like well, magic. So he's got shards of glass in his hand. Magic glass. I don't know if that makes it less sharp. No, it doesn't. <laughs> like it. Ugh. Ugh. I'm. I don't know, man. I don't know it. I don't have anything to say about that because that's it. It's just like it's there were essentially two chapters of deep exposition. And then this chapter, which is clinically insane. I mean, I really liked the the sequence that she built for Harry and Draco like that. The climax of the of the stuff that that was leading up to throughout the the earlier parts of the book is fine, I guess. Mm -hmm. It, it wasn't really that exciting for... I mean, I don't know how to say it. I don't feel like it's worth it because these books are so fucking long. Right. Like, it, it is kind of worth it, but it's also so fucking long. And... I It's hard to feel like... It's hard to really feel that, like, uh, the value there when it's just like... I don't remember the... I don't remember the first moment this thread was laid down because there's been so much book up to this point. Right. And so much of it has been like, it, it's just a, it's, it's a lot of exposition filling in a whole bunch of backstory to maybe make the next book pay off. That's kind of how it feels. Right. Like there's all this, like, this is the book where you learn Voldemort's real backstory and it takes up a lot of chunks of this book. And then like the payoff is the next book. I'm assuming. Cause I, I mean, I'm, I don't remember really what happens in the end of this book. I think I remember what happens with the climax of this book in the movie, but I don't remember. I don't remember enough. Right. I'm pretty sure it has to do with, uh, again, Harry force feeding an old man and then lake zombies. But it's, if I remember, like I haven't read this book many times, uh, 
It's deeply unpleasant. Great. I can't wait. That's the end of my notes. Okay, me too. Fuck it. Um, cool. Well, it's been an exhaustive week. Yes. It's been an exhaustive week as someone who's paying attention to Harry Potter news. Yes. All right, well, um, I don't know if I have anything else to say about this this show. I we got about I, we got about two episodes left in this book, and then this one is done. Dunzies, Dunzo, Dun yeah. McGee. Well, um, I guess we're done with the episode. Yeah. So, thank you for listening to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit. This is going to be the like most cut episode of Death Readers. This is going to be like the Mr. Zazz or like the <laughs> fucking like... like Chucky of or, or like Frankenstein or Mo- Frankenstein's monster of our fucking podcast. That's also not supposed to be in the episode, by the way. It's just like I just made I just realized it. So anyway, start your next note. Apologies. Yeah, get that wand polish. Thousand pardons and thank you. Thousand and one pardons, thank you. Thousand and two pardons and fuck you. <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> do you, do you uh, let me ask you something. Do you like Thestrals? Yeah, yeah, sure. I like Thestrals. I got a fucking number. How do you like them Thestrals? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>